You're listening to The Horse Ownership Experience with Billy Koch and Michelle Yu. The fastest two-year-old of his crop, not this time. Giants Causeway's most brilliant two-year-old ever and a half-brother to Liam's map, sire of two grade one winners in his first crop. TDN said, too talented a horse with too good a pedigree to pass up. The time is now. Don't let this moment pass you by. Not this time, a tailor-made stallion. Not this time, full of run in the Iroquois. Look for his first two-year-olds this year. Welcome to another edition of the Horse Ownership Experience. I'm Billy Koch. I'm the founder and managing partner of Little Red Feather Racing Club. With the pandemic, I actually have no idea what day it is or what the date is, but I do know the 27th of August, Billy. 27th of August. And I have the great, the talented, the lovely Michelle Yu alongside of me as always. Michelle, what's going on? Oh, not much. Just uh, getting ready to get back into real life, Billy. Real life. School. I think it's, isn't it, isn't it Olive's birthday today? No. Oh, I thought it was. Okay. February. All right. Whatever. Listen, that's besides the point. We have a great show. Um, we're going to bring on right now. We have the man. Uh, he is he owns horses on his own with his dad. He is one of the main guys at and we'll get his title in a second at myracehorse.com, which has become very, very popular. And he's also a member of the Breakfast Club. Please welcome Joe Moran. Joe, welcome to the show. What's happening, Billy? Hi, Michelle. How are you guys doing today? Oh, you're Good. W- but I have the question real quick. Is it still MyRacehorse.com or is it just MyRacehorse? You know, that, that is a great question. Technically, the company is MyRacehorse.com, but, uh, you know, whenever we're talking about it, we call it MyRacehorse. I think that's just the easier way to, to say it. But technically, MyRacehorse.com is, is the company name. I'm surprised, Michelle, okay. you didn't ask about the Breakfast Club. Oh, uh, <laughs> I just figured it meant that you guys showed up early in the morning. Or maybe you were alluding to the fact that last year – my racehorse sponsored my breakfast at Del Mar, and that was our breakfast club. Oh, well, no, it is true. I've been spending many a morning with Joe. He is uh, very astute. He works very hard, and it's a pleasure to have him here. Let's, Joe, t- tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got involved in the game. I know you own horses with your dad. When did this all start? Yeah, so, I mean, this kind of started from the time I was born, uh, uh, my earliest memories are going to the backside uh, at, at Santa Anita, Hollywood Park, uh, Del Mar. And it was just always, I would say, my passion besides baseball. I grew up playing baseball. I played college baseball. Uh, so the first second I got done with college, I was kind of trying to figure out, well, what do I do next? Uh, and that really led me to getting involved uh, on my own in, in the industry uh, outside of ownership. Um, and I think that's really what grew my love and passion for the sport the most and, and got me more involved with ownership. Um, and that's when I started working for Andy Mathis. That was two years ago, so 2018, uh, the summer of Del Mar. Um, but, you know, I, I stayed involved with my dad through ownership kind of my whole life. Uh, I, I just loved everything about it. So, you know, from claiming horses, that's what we did a lot. We would go to yearling two-year-old sales in California, pick up one or two horses a year, and we ran a small stable uh, and, and kind of just managed it myself. My dad would have a partner every once in a while, but it was kind of, you know, a good way for us to keep in touch and a relationship. And we grew a lot from that. Um, and it's something that we still have to this day. And I think that's grown us even closer over time. That's, that's, it's very nice. It's good to, with the relationships. And you see that a lot around the racetrack. You think you see a lot of father sons out here. Um, tell you, you yeah. mentioned Annie Mathis and that you got a job with him. What were you doing? Uh, so the first part, I, I started at the beginning of the meet, just hot walking. 
um, and really just kind of get my first experience of truly working with the horses hands on, um, you know, mucking stalls, walking horses. As the meet went on, I started grooming horses and I was really just, you know, uh, Andy trained a few horses for my dad at that time up at Golden Gate. Um, so it kind of was a great way for me and I felt super comfortable with him, uh, really not having the hands-on background. You know, I'm, I'm super familiar with the game and had the understanding of the game, but I, I didn't have the experience on the backside and working with the horses hands-on uh, just due to really my uh, career playing baseball. And that kind of set me back on that end. Um, so it really just got me so much knowledge and, and every day his, his whole staff. Um, we had his assistant, Yanni, who was kind of like my mentor at the time. I, I went to him for everything he helped me. Uh, you know, any break Andy could take me to the front side and, and kind of just spread his knowledge to me uh, was, was awesome. And I appreciate so much that he did for me during that time. Uh, and then Taylor Canberra, he works for Richard Mandela now. He was uh, he joined us as an exercise rider halfway through the meet. Uh, he's a younger guy, but a, a great horseman. Uh, and, and I learned a, a tremendous amount of information from him as well. Was there one thing when you were working for Mathis uh, that you can remember now that you were like, ah, it was like a, the light bulb went on or something that you weren't expecting to know about the horse? Um, I, I guess, you know, you hear people say it all the time, but uh, these horses are so reactive and, and they really sense the human. And, and I'll remember, I think I got, you know, my awakening, the, the first horse I went to hot walk, you know, it was, it was like the first day I was probably a little nervous on the job. I was like, Oh, I don't want to screw up here. Um, and the first horse I was walking, he was, he was a colt and he was a, an older horse. So he, you know, he was familiar with the ball game. And I think he knew I was a, a newbie <laughs> to be honest. I think he could felt it the way I, I was holding the, uh, you know, the Lee rope and he the, literally two steps into it. He reared up on me and just started backpedaling. And in my head, you know, the first thing I said is like, holy crap, I cannot let this horse go running down the back, you know, the backside right now. So I'm like, oh, you know, hold it on for dear life. But, you know, honestly, that from that moment on, it, I grew so much from that because I knew just like it taught you how to be relaxed with them and they really trust you. And the same thing when you go to groom them after that, when I started grooming the second half of the meet, uh, you really just create a bond with them. Uh, you can kind of feel vibes off them, even though they can't talk to you, you can really sense things off them and they can do the same off you. So you really create that relationship and, and feel off of them. Uh, you know, it's amazing because they are very instinctive and intuitive. Yeah. And, and the fact that you brought that up, uh, it was, uh, it's, it's very important. So, but you're, you're in this, you're, you're in this with your dad because you have some very nice horses. Yeah. And we saw a Philly the other day, Michelle, I don't know if you saw this Philly run. Her name is, uh, what midnight moonlight. What's her name? Moonlight Dioro. Uh, no. <laughs> Magic at Magic at Midnight. Magic oh. at Midnight. Well, Michelle. who's Moonlight Dioro then? That's that's my racehorse. We're gonna get that soon. Oh yeah, okay. That's I what, that's blanked. what I was talking about. No, Sorry. I just blanked you on him and his on, dad. No, okay. him and his dad own a very very nice filly with Mark. No, Glatt. I'm dumb. I legit did not even know Joe that you like owned horses yes. separately. Then and we spent the whole year together last year. Yes. This is a very, very nice Philly. Tell us, mm -hmm. tell us how you, I, you claimed her first time out. What did you see and, and how big of a treat has she been? Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, you hit it right on the head that she's been a, a huge treat for us. Um, I would say, even though she's only run twice for us in, in about a year span, she's probably the most special horse that we've ever had in our lifetime. Uh, and kind of like I was explaining to you before, we've always, you know, played around in the claiming game. We'd mess around with a few claimer, uh, a few babies and two-year-olds uh, during the years. But 
every year right before Del Mar, you know, we always keep our eyes on the lookout for a horse for the Del Mar meet. And my dad's always loved the maiden category. That's one thing I think he's passed along to me is really keeping our eye on the maiden 20, even maiden 30 categories where you don't think there's going to be that diamond in the rough, but he loves to, to take chances on those games. And we were actually looking at uh, one from Hector Palma a few days before at Los Alamitos. This was, you know, end of July. And it was, I'm trying to remember the name, Union Wright. He's now in uh, the Midwest, I believe, with Robertino Diodoro. And we ended up passing. Um, and, you know, we just kind of kept our eyes out. And we saw this pedigree. She had these great works. So I kind of, we called Mark Glatt. He's been our trainer for, since I grew up, I, you know, I grew up in his, his barn. And he's been a huge mentor to myself as well. Um, and he said, well, you know what? Come down to Del Mar or come down to Los Alamitos and, and let's see what she looks like when she walks in. And I'll say it was the, the fastest I've ever dropped on a horse uh, <laughs> for my dad. It was literally like Mark saw her walk in and it was like within five seconds, he was like, go drop the tag. Wow. And, uh, you know, the, the workouts were great. So we were expecting her to run well. She was this big, big, beautiful uh, filly. And at that time she was three, big body, scopy. Um, and she broke kind of slow, but, you know, probably a quarter mile into the race, she had to lead by a few lengths and it was, it was party over. We were just sitting there, you know, kind of when they were hitting the top of the stretch, just hoping there was no one else that dropped the tag on her. I was going to say, uh, did you shake? Right? Was there a shake? No, wow. no, we were the, we were the only ones, uh, in, and I, I think the official margin was, was 13 lengths after that, um, for the win. So we, you know, we were super excited and this is really as you talked to my dad the other day, this is something that we do as a family. And these are kind of the horses that we dream of getting, you know? So it was kind of one of those things where to us, it was, you know, the, the home run type play. Oh, that must well, then been. she's come back to win back-to-back races for you. And tell us about the allowance race here. Yeah. Yeah. So it, just like you said, she, after we claimed her, we ran, she was eligible for a starter allowance at Del Mar in 2019. Uh, she came back to win that. She had a little setback where we had to give her time off and, uh, you know, hats off to Mark Glatt and Katie Fisher from Kingfisher farm. She handled oh, uh, she's her, the best. her time off. Have you been there? Yeah. She's honestly, yeah. She has a great facility oh, and, and now two kind of right next to each other. So, uh, we've used her for quite some time now and she really just does, she has so much love and care for these animals and, and that's our number one priority. So we've had a great relationship with her and, and everything that she's had put her hands on is, has done well for us. So, uh, when she got back in, you know, we, we kind of made sure we, we were very attentive and, and did all the things for her and kind of let Mark lead the way. And then she came back uh, on the turf for the first time. So it was a little bit of a question mark, but we only had two five-eighths works under her. So we didn't want to rush her to go three quarters on the dirt at, at Del Mar at that time. And when she broke, that was, that was my thing. I was kind of sitting there holding my breath in the box at Del Mar that day. And it was just all about the break. My, my fear with the five furlongs was, you know, even though she's this big, quick filly, uh, those five furlongs races can really be lost at the break if you get blown off at the break. Um, and, and she broke clean with the field, and you kind of knew it was a party over after oh, that. Oh, it was, so, you yeah, know. she was a lock. She was a lock. We, we knew that yeah. in the Breakfast Club. Yeah. For those of you who don't know, the Breakfast Club <laughs> is our morning. It's myself and Joe and Pete Miller and Mike Pipey and Sluggo and Mark Glatt. There's a bunch of us that are there pr- pretty much every morning. We uh, gamble on workouts. And we tell each other which horses are locks. And Joe said she was a lock. Didn't you? No, you didn't. He doesn't like to do yeah, that. I don't. Um, all right. <laughs> no, let's like do listen. Do you do that, Billy? I, yes, you do. I, I usually. I give you me. locks. I gave you a lock last week that we're going to talk about later in the show. Hello. Going to the Breeders' Cup. Hello. 
Remember that? Um, I know. I looked so smart because that used it on every did. single like show I did. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> Joe, then what? Me? What got you involved with my racehorse? Because obviously, people like me only um, tied you in with them. Yeah. Um, well, I, at that time, I was uh, working for for Annie Mathis in 2018, and it was kind of coming towards the end of the meet, and I was trying to figure out what I was doing after that. I was living in San Diego at the time. So I knew I wasn't going to be able to continue what I was doing as a groom at Santa Anita. Um, so I was looking at options at San Luis Ray, if I could pick something up there. And uh, my good friend, Nick Himes was able to set me up with Michael Behrens, uh, the owner and CEO of my racehorse. And I started just kind of doing part stuff for them in the afternoons when our barn didn't have runners. So pretty much just kind of being their, you know, their client representative, you know, a lot of them are first time owners. So it's, it's introducing them to the game, what it's all about. Uh, so on race day, when they had a runner, you know, I'd take them down to the paddock, kind of hang out with them, answer any questions they had. When, when we could go of... down to the paddock. <laughs> yeah, you're right. And the winner's <laughs> circle still can't do that. Still can't uh, do that, Jojo. Hopefully one day. It's, you know, hey, it's Joe, the point, but... speaking of that, because you and I do a lot of similar things. Obviously, we have clients that we, we have to, we, we dole out information to, but with first time clients, and yeah. this is interesting, what are some of the, 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 the questions that they ask that you kind of go, oh, no, I, like, oh, you. I, okay, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to bear down on this one because you're so familiar with the game. Sometimes it's tough. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, I, I guess some of the first things that popped in my head are just really the scheduling aspect of things. You know, time between races, time between work. Why do they need this much time? Sure. Why do things change? Uh, and I think that's the biggest thing is that you know this game is so unpredictable. These are living animals. Things can change on a daily basis. And, you know, one thing that we take pride in, and, and just like you, I mean, that's, you know, one thing I think why we get along so well in the mornings is because we both have the same passion and try to work very hard to provide our clients with, with all the information they need. Um, is you know, one day you think the horse, you know, is doing great and, and things can happen, I mean, whether it's minor or major. Um, and, and I think that's the biggest thing is teaching them that, you know, things can change. Uh, obviously, for race wise, you know, we would love to race once a month. You know, some horses can race once every three weeks. Some need six weeks, but it depends on the animal. depends how the condition book comes up and the condition books a, a big thing as well, explaining to them how that works, you know, really what all the details of that go into creating, you know, where your horse is going to run, when it's going to be. And then that relays to the trainer, how he's going to train that horse moving forward. So I think a lot of those things are, are very common questions on our end. Joe Moran joining us from my racehorse or my racehorse.com, whichever you prefer. Joe, you know, at the, when my racehorse first started, they kind of burst onto the scene. They did a lot of advertising and you still do. Um, I feel though within the last, let's call it six months, uh, three to six months that your stock has improved. We, we now have a potential Kentucky Derby entrant in uh, Authentic. Uh, we have this nice filly uh, that Michelle met, uh, mentioned, Moonlight Doro, that I believe is running Sunday. We have uh, Vertical Threat, who I know you picked out and I know you're really proud of, who's, I believe, running in the Pat Day Mile. Uh, what what changed with my racehorse in get, in kind of increasing the, the, the valuation of these horses that are uh, probably a little bit better than when you first started? Yeah, you know, I, I think the biggest thing that we learned was that people wanted to compete at the highest levels. Uh, you know, racing is one of the, the hardest sports, I think, uh, that and you can attest to to make money in. Um, but 
it really takes, you know, a nice horse and, and, and getting lucky in a sense. And, and we learned when we kind of had our first glimpses of, you know, getting some horses that were competing at the stakes level that people really wanted that they, they wanted to compete, uh, you know, on the big days that were nationally televised and all things like that. And that kind of just changed our momentum and, and, you know, really going after some high priced horses, uh, buying into active racehorses like street band, you know, that kind of, I think sure. really put us on the map. Uh, after she won the cotillion, it was like a whole new world. Like, holy crap, we can really do this. Um, and, and the shareholders loved it. You know, it brought them an experience where the money that they invest with us, you know, they could go into, a, you know, claim a horse and, and, you know, it, it's a, it's a tough game. It's not always going to work out. So this allows them to diversify their portfolio per se, um, spread their wealth, get into a few different horses where it, it increases their chances to get lucky. Um, yeah, and, and I think that's kind of really what, what hit it off for I, us. And, yeah. um, no, it makes it, a lot of sense. Fun. It makes a lot of sense. I know Michelle has a question, but the interesting thing and the reason, you know, we're talking to Joe and part of the success of my racehorse is because the entry level is so small. You can get in for a hundred bucks, 200 bucks. We can't talk about this stuff yeah. exactly, but it is a small fee. Michelle, I know you have something for Joe. Yeah, just, uh, you know, when you when you buy in and you have all these people that are really excited, like you said, to get in at the high level now, is it um, hard to explain to them, like, but not every single person can say, come to the backside or come to the paddock? I mean, now we're not in that situation. But, you know, prior to that, did you ever end up with like 200 people that all wanted to come visit Street Band on the same day? Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and, and I think that's something that... Um, the more we offered it, the more people wanted to do it as well. But I mean, mm -hmm. most of our trainers, I'll say, were, were very open. And as long as we created a schedule, I took them, you know, it was more backside restrictions than anything where we could really only bring about 20 people back at a time. So, you know, we have respect for our trainers and, and we relay this message to our shareholders and, and most of them are, are very understandable of it. You know, some of them are making a, a random trip and, and want to come to the backside that day. And, and we do our best to accommodate that. Um, and, but sometimes we can't, you know, sometimes the barn has a really busy day racing and we just can't accommodate it on that day. But I think most of our shareholders, they know how our program works. It was a big aspect. We offer barn visits. Probably, I want to say we tried every three to five weeks, realistically. Now that our barn's getting bigger, um, you know, we're going to have to work a way around that of, of how exactly we're going to do that to continue keep that up and, and keep it at that pace. But I think that's the biggest thing. And you see these people when they come out to the backside for the first time, if, if some of them, it is their first time ever coming to the backside and seeing a horse or their horse specifically and, and watching them, it really brings, you know, glimpses back of me being a kid and, and why I fell in love with the animals. So I think that, you know, it's such a crucial part to our program um, is, is being able to offer that. Obviously right now it's a tough time and, you know, we're doing our best to, to manage it while we can't offer it. Um, but, you know, hopefully things will be able to clear up soon and we'll be able to get back to, to that part of our, our platform. Yes, we, we are all rooting for a return to normalcy, as I call it. Uh, let's talk yeah. about the big horse, Joe. I mean, this has to be so exciting. You have Authentic uh, ready for the Kentucky Derby, which is, geez, in what? nine days or something uh, this is I, I don't even again this pandemic has got me all screwed up but um, <laughs> I'm with you. Uh, 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 this has got to be the most exciting thing that's ever happened to uh, to my racehorse and maybe to you how excited are you and, and the partners and what's going on yeah you know I, everyone is is super excited I, I think the whole you know lead up from the Haskell to now has just been it's you know just fingers crossed you know and, and everything's been going great and it's uh 
you know, it's in a lot of excitement. Uh, so hopefully he'll have one more work on Sunday is the plan. He's going to ship out on Monday. Um, and, you know, it's just one of those things, the biggest race day, you know, this is to me, you know, and, and I would say 99% of other people would, when they think of racing of people outside that don't aren't involved in the game, they think of the Kentucky Derby. So uh, to a lot of our shareholders, this is the, the crown jewel. Um, and we're just, we're just hoping for a good performance. You know, Bob says he couldn't be doing any better. Uh, and that's all we can ask for. You know, the, the distance is going to be a question. Um, you know, the way he's training, I think the biggest improvement that we've seen in Bob really mentions is the way he's been able to get him to relax in the mornings now where, you know, three, four months ago, he'd really want to try to run off early on his works and, and his exercise rider right now has, has done a great job just really getting him to cruise and his last work, he went a mile. Bob's really, really having him ready. So we can't ask for anything else from Bob. What do you do, Joe, with expectations? I, I've been uh, called the master of managing expectations to my people. I only am cocky and ruthless when we're in the breakfast club in the mornings. But the rest of the time, I always tell people, hey, all we want to do is run safe and finish and finish good and move on uh, and be safe. Uh, what, what do you do about expectations for this? Because I'm sure you have a lot of people that are just like, we're winning. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and I think that's the hardest thing of really constantly trying to perfect. And I don't know if there really will ever be a perfect way, because regardless, if you're wrong, you know, they're going to tell you you're wrong. <laughs> um, but um, and, and well, how do you feel? Are you are you can you beat Tis the law? Let's just call it. Let's call it what it is. Um, You know, I sure think he's going to be awfully tough. Um, now, he's had a much harder campaign, I think, leading up to this race. I've played against him. You've played against his the law every time. Oh, you're dumb. Bef before the trap. <laughs> okay, hey, give me. What am I? I'm not gonna play a three to five. I'm shot, teasing. Okay? Give me a shot. So you don't have to play every race. Travers, I know. I was all over him. I, you know, I just, I just thought, you know what? I played against him. He's the best horse, and he proved it. And and I think he has a major advantage going into the race. Just that he's won at the mile and the quarter distance. So I, it's just, you know, a huge advantage. Um, so I, you know, if we get an easy lead, I, I think people do underestimate authentic a little bit, which is understandable, but, uh, he's in the right man's hands to get the distance on Derby day. That's all. I'll say. Oh, wait, who's the trainer? Uh -huh. again? Who's the trainer again? Some, no, yeah, some I nobody. <laughs> I don't, Has he I won don't any know. derbies or big races before? <laughs> I don't think it's his very first so. time. Yeah. Joe Moran, yeah. uh, we have taken up a lot of your time. You have, you know, you're young. How old are you, Joe? I'm 25. 25, going to the wow. Derby. You look a, so much older. He's got, <laughs> you are mean, Michelle. <laughs> yeah, this is the on. relationship the I have with Joe, though. Unbelievable. Oh, the kid goodness. just gave like an unbelievable interview. He's telling us, uh, Joe, how do, how do people get information about My Racehorse? Yeah, you know, I just recommend you go to MyRacehorse.com. You can browse our website. You know, we have a buy page showing you our current offerings. You can see our updates. Any current offerings, you'll see updates and any big updates we provide on our page. There's an FAQs if you have any questions on the true details. And I always recommend call our support line. We have a support line at 888-697-2234. Uh, you'll generally get myself, uh, our operations manager, Joe, or another representative of our company, and, and we're happy to answer any questions you have. That's, that's Joe, a great pitch. What, what, when you have like ownership goals, do you feel like if they get accomplished through my racehorse that you've done that, or do you want to do it on your own also? Uh, you know, I, I definitely have aspirations to do more things on my own, but I think my responsibilities continue to grow with my racehorse. And 
I think one of the best things about my racehorse is that I get to teach a lot of people that, you know, have no familiarity with, with the business of horse racing. And that's something that I have a passion for. And, and educating these people is, is something that I didn't think necessarily would be something I would do uh, necessarily at the scale that I do it at now, but um, not to pat myself on the back, but I think I have a good personality and a, a good way of communication with, with hey, clients. Hey, why don't you just pat trainers. yourself on the pat, back, Just pat man. it, just pat oh, around the back there, Joe. Good Lord. That. But, but I think I kind of fell into the role because of my racehorse. I, I mean, without it, I don't think I ever would have really pursued something to this extent. Uh, you know, with my dad, I, I love everything about ownership of buying, managing, and, and placing horses. Uh, but really, at this point, the one thing I've seen in horse racing is for the future of the sport, we need to bring new people into the game. Uh, and my my generation wants nothing to do with it i hate to say that at scale and it's very hard for me to bring people out to the track you know even if i do i bring a few people out they love it but how do i get them to continuously come back things like bringing them to the backside that you know really getting them a moment to get attached to the game the horse something about it uh i think is a huge part of it um and that's something that i I do enjoy with my racehorses is bringing these people into the game teaching them the ups and downs i mean it's just like any other part of the world there's going to be ups there's going to be downs but it's really how to handle it um and and enjoying the winning moments for sure joe moran my racehorse great job buddy i'm proud of you thank you for coming on the show obviously best of luck this weekend what else do you have running this weekend i know you have moonlight doro anything else yeah we have uh you talking about practice with slam dunk racing on sunday or on monday hopefully pending entries uh, and same thing, Bella Chica with Mike Pipey and Slow Racing. So hopefully we can uh, have a few winners this weekend. Okay, and then we go to Authentic Joe, wait, in did, the Derby. Yes. Did Billy so. say that you picked out Vertical Threat? Yes. It was a group. Yeah, it was a group effort. We you have a said it was and, all uh, you. I was out there. For, you told me did you did everything. Yes. You know, yeah, I'm a sh- I'm actually a shareholder in that horse because I was perusing the website and I just thought he was an absolute knockout. And then, of course, yeah. as soon as I get a share, that's when he got sidelined and everything. So I've been sitting on him waiting for him to come back. So I'm glad that he ended up being, like, really good. But he was just an absolute, like, little stars came out of my eyes when I saw him. Good pick. Yeah. I will say I did love him at the sale. I, I really did. But it was, it was truly a team effort. Nick Hines, Joe Mishak from our team. Uh, kind of. Just because you're on the air, Joe. Everything we do. Just because you're on the air. No one listens to this. You yeah. can tell me the you truth. You always try to do this. You just you just said I wouldn't say a horse is a lock, and now you're saying I, I did all this. <laughs> you know, you're contradicting yourself. You're, you're trying to get me in trouble. Oh, no. Joe, yeah. you're the best. Listen, we wouldn't have had on the show if we didn't love you, and we appreciate you, and, and we appreciate young people getting into the game. Uh, and doing what you're doing. I think it personally, I think it's great. I hope my racehorse is a huge success. I think it already is a success. And uh, once these people graduate, that you just send them right to Little Red Feather. So we really appreciate it. <laughs> yep, exactly. It worked out for both of us. So right, thanks for man. having me on, guys. Well, have a great weekend and good luck in the Derby. Appreciate it. See you guys. Bye. That's Joe Moran. And we'll be right back after this. Midnight Storm, Striking Sire Line. Grade 1 winner by Pioneer of the Nile, just like champion freshman sire American Pharaoh. Striking speed, 110 by 133 and 1. Seven-time graded stakes winner on dirt and turf. Defeated 10 grade 1 winners, including champion Accelerate. Midnight Storm, a tailor-made stallion. Look for his first yearlings this year.
And we're back on the horse ownership experience. Michelle, that was fun. I, I really like Joe. I, I really didn't know him before this summer. I mean, we had, you know, seen each other a million times, but I never really spent time with him. And I'm really enjoying our mornings together. And uh, he's a good kid. He's really smart. He understands the game. And uh, I think he's doing a good job with my racehorse. You going to try and poach him? Absolutely. 100%. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I it's, like it. it's probably already in the works so uh there's some collusion collusion illusion happening um Michelle, right? um there were kind of some big races over the weekend do you want to talk about okay them? i want to talk about mo forza oh wow because last week our amazing guest yes had uh, mo forza getting ready for his return to the races and he was legit as they come like i think he's even better this year Onofrio Pecoraro was on, and he was so excited about him. Pete Miller, uh, Barry Abrams, he was extremely impressed. Listen, someone asked me after the race, they said, uh, uh, was, was that that Mo Forza was so good or the field was so bad? And I said, you know what? Probably a combo of both, but I was really impressed with the way he ran. He was striding out. Yeah. He got a huge figure, uh, and he's, he's a Breeders' Cup-type horse. I mean, the Breeders' Cup mile is sitting there for the taking uh, uh, right now, so – I, I think they have an absolute shot. I don't know if he runs once before then. That wasn't an automatic berth. Um, and I'm not sure about the prep at Santa Anita, but maybe he goes back east. I don't know uh, what their plans are. But congratulations to Nofrio. What a great guy. He's been in the game for a long time. If mm -hmm. you listen to our, our podcast from last week, uh, he was great talking about his – uh, journey through horse racing and with Barry Abrams and it's so great for Barry and anybody yes. who knows Barry has to be so happy right now that he has this kind of horse uh, and a great job by Pete Miller who's having an unbelievable Del Mar. Um, also was the grade one Diana back at Saratoga which went to Rushing Fall uh, E5 Racing who has been on our show and she's turning into an absolute I mean she's already been a star oh. but you know we had Beholder out here who won a grade one at two three four five and six and Rushing Fall is right on that path um, I thought she was incredible. It's like she's just getting better yeah. and better and better. E5 Racing, congratulations. Chad Brown won his like 32nd straight uh, Diana. Uh, <laughs> I think it was 32. Uh, there was a very funny uh, Twitter post by Graham Motion saying how many seconds he's had in the in – because the, uh, <laughs> he ran second with Mean Mary. That it's so cute because, you know, he calls her not so Mean Mary. Right. Which is very I, this, the, the, the two of them, Chad Brown and Graham Motion have great Twitter follows. If you if you're interested, Graham They're, Motion is awesome. He's very, very witty and smart and fun. And uh, congratulations to both of them. There, Those are two really, really nice Phillies. And our, our guy, E5 Racing, Robert mm -hmm. Bob Edwards, he was on our show. So, yeah, uh, you come on the show and you win graded stakes. Races. You, People, yeah, exactly. Listen, listen, we're not messing around. OK, I keep telling people I'm locked in. I'm locked in. Speaking Michelle. of coming on our show and winning stakes races, uh, the Delmar handicap went to Red King, whose owner was on our show. Yes. Well, you. Yeah. Well, I you listen, <laughs> I represent a lot of the owners of the show. Uh, you know, Michelle, that was phenomenal. And if that the ride, uh, I mean, was um, when he made that middle move, Umberto I was like, Rispoli, we're talking race. about he just won the race. Yeah, it was they were going so slow. And if you remember, it was so reminiscent of fashion businesses win in 2018, which Pratt did. And mm -hmm. this time Rispoli did it to Pratt because Pratt was in United. Uh, oh, had Pratt wasn't cruising. down there on the rail, yep. like behind horses. Yep. And he just wasn't moving. And I mean, Rispoli took absolute advantage of that. And 
if you watch them ride a lot, they're following each other yes. very frequently. So then, I mean, when Pratt saw him move, he was like, oh, crap, I got to like steer out and go get him. <laughs> if you, well, I, United I does Michelle. not have that turn of foot. I actually slowed it down and like was watching kind of frame by frame. And it's amazing when you see Pratt look over. Look, right? And it's amazing. <laughs> and you could almost hear him go, oh, oh no. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. And I mean, you know, United was catching him with with a lot of jumps there, but he got the he got, best ride and United jump. does not, he's not push button like that, no, you know? No, I knew at the so, top of the lane, um, I knew we we had a big shot at the top of the lane where he kind of put away our other old horse, uh, North County guy, and he kind of mm -hmm. put two or three lengths on United. And I was I, I actually, to be honest with you, it's very hard for me because I rarely watch races on the front side at Del Mar. And I kind of thought the race was over. I didn't know till we got home that l literally we won by a head. Oh, I thought really? we won by like two lengths. I really did. I had no idea. I couldn't see. I was screaming so loud. Listen, for a $35,000 claiming horse to go uh, get a free trip to the Breeders' Cup, a $6 million race is, is amazing. And it's a tribute mm -hmm. to all of the Little Red Feather partners, Phil D'Amato, uh, Gary Fenton, uh, Ben Posen, who helps us out tremendously with our claims. He's he's a good friend of mine, and and he and I work very closely together on all this stuff. And it's it's a it, you know Joe was talking about being in the Derby is a dream come true. You know, w being in the Breeders' Cup is a dream come true for us. Right. I mean, it is it is so special, and we have no idea if fans are going or owners are going, but we know Red King's going. And uh, special thanks to Umberto Rispoli, who has been just an absolute treat. He called me. Um, yes, was it yesterday or two days ago? He called me and he says, Bill, what are we doing with the king? <laughs> he loves this horse. He said, like, my boy on social he media. loves this horse so much. You know, it's interesting because he won the first graded stake for Rispoli at Santa Anita, the San Juan Capistrano. That was his first stake. Mm -hmm. And when we pointed to the Delmar handicap, you know, Rispoli had ridden Originaire, who, by the way, was flying late for third. I think he got beat a half length. Um, yeah. And Rispoli chose to stay with Red King. And one of the things he said to Scotty McClellan, his agent, was, um, listen, this horse won me my graded stake. I, I'm staying with him. And that's, awesome. that's that was really cool. And I, it made all the difference. You know, it, mm -hmm. it really did. Uh, it's it's so exciting. And here at Veranda North, we have the uh, the win and you're in uh, saddle towel and the Red King saddle towel draped across uh, our balcony. And it's just it was an incredible day. And, and thank you to everybody who, who made it possible and so excited to be in the Breeders' Cup again. So that's that. Well, speaking speaking of claiming horses that go on to be stakes horses, uh, the Green Flash was won by Chaos Theory, who looked really great for John Sadler. And also Maximum Security, former $16,000 claimer, racked up another grade one, taking the TVG Pacific Classic. Yeah, both. Uh, Chaos Theory, ridden by Rispoli again, and our good friend Costa Hronas, uh looked very good. He was bet down, uh, really big stretch kick, and, and he'll be heard from again in the... Uh, and who ran third in that race, Billy? I don't know. You have to tell me. Torres A. Torres A. Who wasn't he, supposed he to run. He didn't scratch. Ran. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was wrong. You know, it's funny. I told Michelle after we so did the podcast, I got a call and, and they were running and I was like, oh, that's not going to sound good. I should take it out of the podcast, but I didn't. Um, so, uh, but uh, Maximum Security, Max is back, ran a huge number, wire to wire. He looked amazing, He right? looked great. I, I Look, he that was only a second start for Bob. Bob said to everybody, hey, that first one, I didn't have him quite fully cranked up and mm -hmm. he looked outstanding the other day and he's going to be a handful in the Breeders Cup Classic mark my word um he's yep. a fighter that max uh, I really like that horse I don't know there's something about him I like I, I liked 
You know what it is, Michelle? One of the things is I it like. It's funny the... that he's like an underdog, even though he's right. like never done anything wrong. I kind of <laughs> like that. That like he went through all that stuff with service, and we don't like and to talk about it fault, here. But he right? didn't do anything, right? The horse didn't do anything. The horse just goes out and lays it down every effing time. You got to give that horse credit. And uh, Abel Cedillo, I think, fits him perfectly. He's very Abel's very good on the lead on these dirt horses, and uh, I, I'm excited for Max. I I, I really do like him so. I have go. to give huge kudos to to um, Mark Glatt and Red Baron Rancho Temescal for running Sharp Samurai. He's a turf horse, and I thought he put in a very valiant effort. I mean, he was trying super hard, and he looked good. He picked up a hundred thousand dollar check run in second there in the Pacific Classic. Great job, great job, Sharp, Sharp Samurai. Credit to Glatt. You're a hundred percent right. Um, ran huge at the top of the lane. I actually thought he had a chance for a second there, but. Uh, uh, maximum security was too good, but yes, credit those guys for taking a shot in a short field and their horse, uh, proved them right. That was exciting. Uh, also was the four star Dave Halliday won that. I didn't see the race beating got stormy. Uh, Halliday went wire to wire for Pletcher. Uh, he, he has turned into a, a, a mile monster. Uh, got stormy looked like he, she had dead aim on him at the top of the lane. And obviously she, last year in the four star Dave, she, uh, set the track record. So mm-hmm. it, it looked like she was going to blow right on, right on by, but she didn't. Oh, speaking of that, did you hear Larry Colmas with, uh, where he said, uh, moving like an express train? No, I, although I did see that he had said I had to bring some Trevor in, but so I honestly, the horse, the horse was named express it. train. Right. And at at the last call, he was like, and here comes express train. And he goes, moving like an express train. <laughs> it, was, it was very funny. It was very clever. Good job. Good job, Colmus. Excellent. Um, um, did you like your call for a Red King? Do you go back and listen to your calls oh, afterwards? like a thousand times. Yeah. I told Larry <laughs> it was great. He goes, Red King to the Breeders' Cup. <laughs> it was awesome. It was awesome. I get the chills right now. I want one more, Michelle, this weekend. Yeah. PR Radio Star in the Pat O'Brien. Radio Star Pat O'Brien. Former mm-hmm. claimer, six to one, winning your in for the Breeders' Cup mile or whatever you want because you don't have to go to the Breeders' Cup mile. I found that out today, Michelle. Did you know that? Oh, you don't have to go into the race that it's a winning your in for? No, you can move the funds no into another race. Yes. Are you sure? Positive. No 100%. way. Yes, 100% positive. Wow. I did not know that. Yeah, that is so, cool. Yeah, um, so we appreciate if everybody out there listening say a little uh, little prayer, a little thought for PR Radio Star on Saturday to make it back-to-back uh, Breeders' Cup win in your ends for Little Red Feather. That would be phenomenal. Can we do okay, that? Got my got my prayer shoes on. Okay, good. Thank you. <laughs> racing gods, racing gods, please. Racing gods. Right. Please. Racing gods, be on our side. Wow. Um, I don't like to talk to the racing gods too much. They're so scary. I know, right? They're so and, like, scary. Kind of ignore as much yeah, as possible. Yeah, really. Yeah, you don't want to get them on the bad side. Just do everything right. And you don't want to ask too much. No. Because then you're like no. greedy. You don't want to over ask. You don't want to over ask. Uh, what else we got coming up this weekend, Michelle? Um, let's see. This weekend is the Pat O'Brien, like you said, the Tranquility Lake on Friday. And the generous portions on Sunday. And there is racing on Monday. You heard Joe allude to that. They just drew for Sunday today. So I guess they probably don't enter till tomorrow for Monday. But there they is do. going to be Monday racing as we begin to wind down the Del Mar meet. I feel like it's been long. Do you? <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. You have your yeah. kids. It's been, uh, it, it's been tough. Listen, it's been tough. And I'll say it again. I say it every week. As long as the horses are running, we're okay. 
we'll right. just keep them running, do everything we can to keep them running with this pandemic, with the coronavirus. Billy, I yeah. have a question. Yeah. How, how did you, did you go to the track for Red King or were you only in Veranda North? No, I was at the track. Didn't you see my thing where I said I was going to Disneyland? The video? No, but no, but I obviously you and I did that, did a live stream oh, immediately I after yeah, and I, you were so shammered. And I was like, I don't even know how he made it across the street. So maybe he just stayed no, ever in the north the whole time. I was at the track live for Red King and then I came back and I was just really happy and sweaty and that was a lot of fun, that live show. If you haven't seen it, it's a it's an ABR live show, and now it's probably dated a little bit, but it was a lot of fun doing that and making fun of Ren Carruthers the whole time was really fun to me. <laughs> I like Ren. I just, her show is so long. <laughs> oh, we oh have too much gosh. fun on this show. All right, special thanks. Uh, Delmar, Santa Anita, especially Taylor Made Stallions. We really appreciate it. Thank you to all the listeners for tuning us in when you can if you drive. Hopefully, we've, ke- we've kept you entertained. Joe Moran from My Racehorse. Contact them, MyRacehorse.com. Really easy way to get in the game, and it is super affordable. Um, you might even get in on Authentic before he runs in the Kentucky Derby in a couple weeks. Uh, Michelle Yu is a gift to mankind. We appreciate all you do. Where is uh, – I, I read something about Weston. Is he running in the Delmar Futurity? Can we get some inside uh, yeah. scoop? He's- uh, he's got to go through one more work and yeah, he's, we also nominated him to the stake at Kentucky Downs on the grass. Oh, interesting. Okay. But I mean, you know, you win the prep at Del Mar. You want to stay here? Kind of want to stay right out of your stall, but it's going to be tough. You know, the Dr. Chevelle, we beat him first time out, but he came back to win a maiden later on the card that we won the best pal and he went a lot faster than horse did, but the track does change throughout the day. Well, listen, so, let's root for Weston. We'll let's root for PR Thank Radio you. Star. Let's root. You know what? Yeah. Let's root for all the good guys. Why don't we do that? So if you're listening, root for the good guys. That's your theme of the day. That's Billy's Soapbox. Root for the good guys. This is the Horse Ownership Experience. We'll be back next week. Thank you, Michelle. You're listening to The Horse Ownership Experience with Billy Koch and Michelle Yu. Daddy Longlegs, Scat Daddy's only proven son at stud in North America. Crowned champion freshman sire in Chile, Daddy Longlegs has already sired three graded stakes winners from his first two crops of runners, including a champion two-year-old colt. A talented runner himself who won multiple graded stakes on multiple surfaces. He's passing that versatility onto his progeny with stakes winners on dirt and turf. Daddy Longlegs, a tailor-made stallion. Call today to book.